You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 179 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week, folks, it's just me. Uh, we have so much to talk about, and my schedule this week did not time up with so many people's schedule. We had a few guests uh, lined up, and I just could not make it happen this week. Crazy week for me. Sorry about that. No guest this week, but I actually will say we do have a couple of appearances coming in throughout the podcast. Um, as you all know, the Broadway flea market was this weekend, or yeah, this weekend, this Sunday. Uh, so I get to I, I got to chat with a few people there. A lot of the fans that uh, you know were were roaming the the tables, I guess you could say, of the flea market. And uh, it was so great to meet so many of you who listen. It really makes my day when you you all come up to me um, and let me know, you know, like that someone out there is listening or you're a fan of the show or, or you've seen me in a show. And, you know, like there's truly no better feeling than that. Or you're the reason I like musical theater, like hearing those things are the best. So uh, anytime, um, you know, someone came up to me, I would try to be like oh you want to do an interview and uh so today i'm actually going to be be featuring two of those interviews on the podcast today and i mean they're short little two minute you know questions about the flea questions about broadway you know what's your favorite musical type of thing um but it's a it's a way to hear from you the listeners and the fans and uh the these interviews are actually already on social media on the tiktoks and things so uh if you want to watch those and uh whatever you know you're feel free to head over to take about podcast on TikTok, and uh you'll see that there um but before we get into that i mean there's literally so much news that i have to get through so in a way it's great that we have no guests because i don't think i would have had time to go through all of this with you um but i have to break it down so this week um since the last time i talked to y'all I've seen two shows. Those two shows happen to be the two, arguably the two hottest tickets on Broadway right now in Merrily We Roll Along and Gutenberg. Um, both I was very, it, it just loved. Um, but I'm going to start out with Merrily We Roll Along, and then I'm actually going to end the episode with a review of Gutenberg. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So stick around if you want to hear the Gutenberg review. If 
not uh, stick around till till time allows. <laughs> um, so merrily we roll along. I have to talk to you about it, y'all. Merrily we roll along. I'm obsessed with the show. Okay, first of all, I knew nothing going into the show, and honestly, you know, take away my theater card, whatever. I'm sorry, but. I just like to do that. Like, I don't, I know all of these famous shows and, and all these things, but like, you know, we see these shows get revived all the time. So I don't even want to like learn about them until I see them. Like, I want to go into every show just cold. Um, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen, but it's fine. So Merrily We Roll Along, I went in completely cold, had no idea. Okay, I knew songs like Our Time, um, Not a Day Goes By. I mean, the classics. Come on, guys. I am somewhat of a Broadway person. Um, no, uh, I don't know. When, you, when you're in shows, you just hear hear the songs or you hear someone singing it for an audition or whatever it is. Um, so... I had a little bit of insight, but I didn't realize it was about writers. I didn't know that it was written in, like, non-chronological order, so, like, backwards. Um, reverse chronological order. Oh, my God, there's the word. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, crazy. And and first of all, like, I walked into the Hudson Theater, right, which is where Merrily Revelle Along is being played, and I immediately walked in and was like, oh, my God, this is, like, a California, like, apartment or like a house and like sure enough like that's what was going on so like it was so simple but the way that the set was crafted they they then went to a um um a a uh, news kind of studio i don't know what that's called like a newsroom i don't know where they film the news um and like the way that they were able to still use that apartment and turn it into a newsroom or the court or whatever it was it was brilliant their set was absolutely brilliant and it made total sense um and you kind of got to see the orchestra from the set on like it was like a dear evan hansen moment on like the I guess, house left, stage right side um, in the air, you know, like on the roof. So it was really, really cool. I loved what they did. I thought Merrily Rulong as a whole was brilliant. Um, I heard that they rewrote a lot um, to make it all make sense as it didn't do well in its first stint. Um, So happy to see that they figured out the kinks. Happy to figure out, uh, to learn that they, you know, figured out what works, what didn't work. Because right now, they really have a tight musical up there that's so brilliant, and it keeps you invested for the whole two and a half hours. Uh, There is an intermission, and I'm going to tell you what, these three on stage, Daniel Radcliffe, Lindsay Mendez, Daniel Radcliffe, and that list goes on. Not just those three. Everyone's doing incredible work, but those three in particular just you have to see it like it's one of those shows where you can't even describe it it's one of those shows that like reeve connery is about to leave hadestown like you need to see these people in these roles these roles were almost written for these people and granted merely we roll along is a revival however it was kind of rewritten for these characters for for these actors and actresses um so i absolutely loved everything i saw i've never seen daniel radcliffe in a musical so uh to see him in a musical because obviously i didn't get to see him in how to succeed um because i wasn't even in new york at that time i didn't even know broadway was a thing until i was on broadway um which is super awkward but um daniel radcliffe like it's just 
he blew me out of the water. He had one song, and like that song alone, it's like a Matt Doyle, right? In company, that song alone could win him a Tony Award. Um, it was just absolutely astounding. And, and what he does, it was weird too to see their dynamic. And granted, I'm always one to root for Daniel Radcliffe, but. Like, I didn't expect to. Like, I always think Jonathan Groff's just going to play, like, the sweetheart. And obviously, like, someone has to be the bad guy. And I wasn't expecting it to be Jonathan Groff. But in this musical, it was Jonathan Groff. And I was just like, I hated hating Jonathan Groff. Like, is that bad? Like, I don't know. It was just, like, a weird out-of-body experience. I didn't like to see Jonathan Groff being, like, this obnoxious kind of, like, D-bag, like, jerk of a human being. You know, and it was just so weird. But I, I, nonetheless, he he did it beautifully, obviously, and he successfully did that. But it was also interesting because it was one of those shows where it's like, oh, the bad guy turned into the good guy. But because the way that the show is written in reverse chronological order, you leave and everyone's like this nice guy and none of them are famous yet. And then you realize, like, leaving the theater, you're like, oh, they're, like, friends and blah, blah, blah. But then you realize at the start of the show, like, they're not friends anymore because he's such a jerk. So it was just, like, a complete, like, mind contusion, contortion. Um, It was just, like, so bizarre. And and it it totally, like, makes you think. And it's amazing. Um, I just really loved the show. And it was so entertaining. And it was about writers. And it was so new. Like, it felt new. And it felt fresh. And it felt, like, real, you know? And it's interesting, because I'm going to make a a similar connection to Gutenberg. But I'm not going to do that yet. Um, I also wanted to shout out that something that's special about Marilyn Rolong. So, I was looking at the Broadway grosses this week, right? First of all, oh my God, (laughs) y'all, I'm so sorry. I am all over the place right now. It is one o'clock and I'm recording this and it should have already been released, but that's how this week has gone. So apologies. Uh, Can't think of words. The energy is not there as as it usually is. And I'm all over the map. Um, And I'm just like, things just keep popping in my brain. Um, So I... Saw the Broadway graces this week, right? And I saw two shows that uh, are doing very, very well. Very successful shows. Two revivals, which is not surprising, but also surprising, um, if you know what I mean. So it's Merrily We Roll Along and Sweeney Todd as two of maybe the top four shows selling on Broadway right now. And interestingly enough, those two shows have seven shows a week. I think that this is something that could be more of a trend um, and, and doing seven shows a week. I think that this is something very smart for the actors, but I also think that it's very smart from a producing business perspective because seven shows a week will allow longevity. It will increase the capacity on a weekly basis because those shows aren't spread out. Um, so people, you know, coming in or, or whatever, you, they're not going to have that extra show to space out 
the theater. So these shows that we see eight times a week uh, that are performing eight times a week that are performing at a 60% occupancy, well, maybe they would want to consider doing a seven because that would help the capacity go up because those audience members would have one less option to choose from in that week. Um, So this doesn't mean like, I know seven shows a week, people may be like, oh, well, then you'd have to raise the, the rent and everything and uh, or raise the ticket sales and uh, everything. Not necessarily, I think. I think if you can keep it the same, it'll it'll kind of balance over time. Um, and we see, you know, the continued success that Sweeney Todd is, is putting up on a weekly basis. We see what merrily we roll along. It's not moving in terms of capacity. I think that's just something very interesting. And I think that everyone could literally, everyone could benefit from it. And you wouldn't have to pay like your stage hands for eight shows, you'd pay them for seven, same with the actors. So it's just an interesting, interesting thing um, to to think about here. And it's more of a normal thing if you because then it would average to like one a day as an actor doing a performance instead of one point, whatever it is, because you're doing eight shows a week in six days, which is absolutely bonkers and extremely exhausting um but hey that that's that's broadway and that's what we're used to but we we see these new trends trying to come about so something interesting to keep an eye out moving forward i mean those two um are are trying it out and it's very successful um i don't know why they're trying it out but it seems to be working so why not um okay moving on uh And Juliet, over at And Juliet. We haven't talked about And Juliet for a while, and so I'm excited to see that it was back in the news. Ariana Grande went to And Juliet. Y'all, I don't know if you saw these videos of Ariana Ariana Grande at And Juliet, but she was literally like, so first of all, it was very, very sweet. She was very, very sweet to the entire company. Um, she took the time to go backstage afterwards, and she was telling them, you know, like, thank you for the, your time to, like, you know, stay extra after the, after the show ended to like meet me. Meanwhile, she's like Ariana Grande. Um, but very, very nice nonetheless. But she was literally like, can you sign my thing? And like referring to her playbill, like girl, first of all, you came from Broadway. You are, you are a Broadway baby. Okay. Just like me. It's okay. So she were in 13 when you were like 12. So you know what a playbill is, right? You're playing Glinda. You're playing the one of the most iconic musical theater like women in of our like history. How do you not know what a playbill is? So that was like so bizarre to me, but I don't know. That was like a little rant. I was just like, you know it's a playbill girl. What what are you doing here? I don't know if she was shy. I don't know. Um, but I was like you gotta know it's a playbill. It literally says it right on the right on the the playbill, the thing. Um, but I, wild stuff. Anyways, so so great to see Ariana Grande at a, at a Broadway show. I think that does great. I mean, we see what Taylor Swift's doing with the impact in the NFL, um, or, or just like in our economy as a whole. Um, so hey, Taylor. You want to come to Broadway? You know, get some get some of those. Uh, you know, capacity up at, at Broadway, um, maybe for a show that's suffering, you know, they should honestly like pay Taylor Swift to go see like some like it hot or a beautiful noise 
that are like currently selling in the 16% just to see if that would boost their ticket sales. Oh my God, that would be wild. Uh, but I wouldn't pay to pass them. Cause like, honestly, like, whoa, she goes to a Broadway show. Then it's like, Oh, what's the odds she goes to another Broadway show. Let's go try to see a Broadway show and see if she's there. I don't know something cool um anyways that's that was that ariana and julia wild times um and then the tony awards so the tony awards okay this is real news y'all uh the tony awards are going to be june 16th this year uh obviously well not this year, but 2024, um, but it is for this coming season and the season that we're in, and it has a new home. We are no longer at Radio City. We are no longer up in the Heights. We are at Lincoln Center. I love this. Why haven't we been doing this from the get-go? This just makes sense. It's like in the Broadway area, but it's not, you know, it's far enough removed to where it's like a little less hectic and not as much traffic going down sixth avenue to try to get to radio city and a giant bus all 30 something shows who have to like perform and go in their costumes and everything like it's just craziness um so it just makes sense i don't know what happened to radio city like for so many years, it seemed to be like the home of the Tony Awards. And now all of a sudden, they are trying and testing these new venues. Um, I don't know what the deal is for that, because it feels like Radio City is such a good home for the Tony Awards. And another place that I feel like would work really well is like the Hulu stage at Madison Square Garden, where like a Christmas story was and all the Christmas shows go, you know, like that's like another $5,000, 5,000 seat uh, occupancy of like Radio City similar. Um, So I I don't know, but to to see it at Lincoln Center, it's it's exciting. And um, obviously, it is Broadway related. I was shocked because I felt like Lynn was also just going to like continue to try to boost his theater up. Um, but I, I'm excited to see that, you know, they're, they're trying places and trying to find a new home for the Tony Awards. I really see this as a um, solid fit and something that we could start to see like the new home of the Tony Awards is going to be at Lincoln Center. I think it makes sense. I mean, like, isn't like, I don't know. I don't want to misspeak, but I feel like the Met Gala is like Lincoln Center. Well, that's, a, yeah, like the Metropolitan Opera. So it's like up in that area, right? So, um, yeah, I, I just feel like that area, is, is it makes sense for like celebrities and like all these things. I don't know. That, that may just be me. But I, I feel like it, there's a solid fit here. There's something here. Um, okay. Moving on. Reeve Carney, I just talked a little bit about this. Reeve Carney is has announced it's his final performance in Town. Y'all, I am so sad. But we had to see this coming, right? So even though Lozada obviously left Town, Soleil Pfeiffer is killing it over um, in Town right now and at, at the Walter Kerr Theater. And um, so after Eva left, it was kind of a shock that Reeve didn't leave with her. So I kind of assumed he was going to not be there for too much longer, but I didn't know how long and how soon it would be. It came a little sooner than I thought. Um, But 
nonetheless, his final performance is going to be November 19th as Orpheus in Hadestown. And I'm hearing that... Um, now, this is alleged. Like, all of this stuff, there's no... I don't know how much credibility this has, but I've heard it from a couple people, so I'm going to, like, say it. Um, I'm hearing that Jordan Fisher may be replacing him and coming back to Broadway um, as Orpheus in Hadestown, which, with that voice, are you kidding me? I would be all for that. I, I, I would, like, literally take my money right now. Um, I would be there like day one night one opening night for Jordan Fisher that would be insane but I do feel like you know in a way they do have to like stun cast the show I mean we see right now Betty who's in the show uh playing professor uh professor Persephone um so like maybe they don't have to do all the roles at once it's kind of like a Roxy Hart thing where you kind of can, you, you can get away with doing like one or two roles at, at a time um, in Chicago. Um, but I, I do think that having a name would help a Hades town because the show itself is solid and I feel like people would continue to go see it. But at the same time, this show kind of, I mean, solidified, I would say, because they were already like stars. It's not like they had breakout roles. But it kind of solidified Eva and Reeve and, like, Amber Gray and all of them as, like, the greats, you know, as as in that tier of, like, you know, you can be an individual fan of his. And, and, and if he goes to do it, and Eva, you know, she's doing her next show, Great Gatsby. Everyone wants to see Great Gatsby because they're a huge fan of Eva. Like, you know, it, it's kind of like that. And, like, if Reeve were to do another show, like, people would now go see Reeve. But they were going to see, like, Hades Town, and they were going to go see Andre DeShields and Patrick Page, who happened to be, like, Broadway's superstars, you know? It wasn't it, – it was kind of like Eva Nobuzada with this up-and-coming – and Reeve did like Spider-Man, but it, I don't know. I, I feel like now it's like these folks are stars now. And it's like you want to go see them in that show and it's only them. And we only know Town is them. So in a way, you kind of have to carry that torch or, or carry that, um, I don't know, weight in with a new cast. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, if they do – get someone like Jordan Fisher who could sell tickets or if they go a different route and they bring in somebody completely new and fresh and raw and we'll see what happens. Um, but I'll be interested nonetheless. And uh, huge congrats to Reeve. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Reeve is moving on to a new project anytime soon. I think Reeve need, is going to have a little bit of a break here. Um, Usually, like, as of late, I've been like, oh, this person's leaving the show. Look out for this show or whatever. But uh, I, I do think Reeve is kind of just going to support Eva for a little bit and check out Great Gatsby. And then they'll, they'll both take a little break in between Great Gatsby <laughs> transferring to Broadway from Paper Mill, probably. Um, so, yeah, that's just going on there. Um, and now I have, like, a flea market recap. So I, I guess I'm going to break up the news section 
depth this week uh, because there's so much we have to get to still. Um, and I'm going to talk about the Broadway flea market. So as I mentioned earlier, the Broadway flea market was this week. It was amazing. It went so well that it broke records in raising money for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which is what the flea market is all about. It's about a bunch of uh, performers coming together to donate, you know, their signatures, their their um, their set pieces, their costumes, whatever they have, their show merchandise, their opening night presents, you know, like whatever it is to, uh, you know, raise money for Broadway Cares. They, they're not expecting a dime. They're literally donating it for uh, to help everyone that Broadway Cares supports, um, which is millions of people. So um, shout out to Broadway Cares Equity Fight States. Um, but yes, they, wrote, they did record-breaking numbers, raising $1,237,179. Um, I am so thrilled. I was so thrilled to be there. It was so wonderful to see to see a normal flea, you know, like last year it was great and they did really well and you y'all raised a lot of money. Um, however, it just like, I don't know. There wasn't that like sense that it was fully back yet. Even Broadway con this year was like, are we fully back? This is the first time this Broadway flea market that I felt like Broadway is fully back and we are okay you know um there was so many people at the broadway flea this this week um this past weekend and so many familiar faces which is so great to see and so many actors who obviously last year were just like that is completely off limits i cannot get sick i cannot do this if all of them showed up showed their support it just felt like it was it, it was back you know um I can't say that enough. And it was great. Like Amber Ardolino was at like her booths at like Back to the Future. Um, Eva Noblezada, who's not even in Town right now, obviously she's rehearsing for Great Gatsby, was at the Hadestown booth. Philip Boykin was at the Hadestown booth. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like other shows. Um, we had Anne Juliet cast members come out, uh, multiple of them. We had multiple Kimberly Akimbo uh, cast members come out. And it was just like everyone was there. They were doing live signings for an extra donation, whatever it was. And this isn't even at the photo and autograph booth, where uh, which did really well this year in helping raise money for the um, for the you know, for the weekend and the charity. So, um, it was just great. It was great to see. And, um, you know, I hope that, uh, it is a positive sign moving forward that, yeah, we are back and the, these next events here are going to be, uh, you know, like they were pre pandemic. And, uh, that was like peak Broadway. So I'm excited to, uh, to see what, what the future holds because this this flea was it was pretty incredible y'all i'm not gonna lie i just i just loved it it's literally like christmas for the theater community like the the flea is christmas the tony awards are like the super bowl and like i don't even know like gypsy of the year and easter bonnet is like easter and like whatever i know i'm doing christian holidays and i'm sorry but um or like catholic holidays i so anyways, those are just what's coming to mind. Anyways, moving on. Um, so the top tables that raised money at the Broadway flea market for anyone who's like curious, there is 
inner competition within the Broadway community. Listen, as much as we say that the Broadway community is not competitive and, you know, like, we don't pin each other, like, I don't know. We, we are all, like, very supportive of one another, and it's, like, difficult to, like, audition and not think of it as a competition, but it's not. However, it is still very competitive, this this community and this industry. So, um, of course, the 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 tables and, and the, the shows, and this is all for bragging rights, by the way, um, but there is a competition, and they do um, – they do care like who raises the most money and uh the top tables this year happen to be the schubert organization which is like a newer booth they started like two three years ago um at the flea like right before the pandemic i feel um and it's wonderful they're right outside schubert out uh well like their theater and they are they have show like all of their schubert organization shows they have like memorabilia from all of it and the schubert's own so many theaters probably like 30 plus theaters um on broadway so um it's just there's a ton of stuff so they were the top table that raised the most money um and then it was hades town and i have to say that that was large part thanks to eva nobozada who was there signing live including myself crowding the table getting a signed playbill or flower or whatever it is from eva um and then it was tdf pick a ticket which is my personal favorite booth i was able to win um so okay pick a ticket right you have to do it like the first thing you get to the flea because it does not make it past like noon maybe one o'clock um like you, you once the matinees start you will not you will not get a pick a tick so um for anyone that does know it's like a raffle ticket and and you like they're stapled together and then you rip open the staples and if it has a stamp on it you're a winner and if not you're a loser so you got to keep picking your raffle tickets right and you have to keep seeing if you got a stamp and when you get a stamp you give it to the worker and they like grab a envelope, right? And they have no idea what they're grabbing. It's just like in a box and they give you tickets. And in these envelopes has two tickets to a random show and it could be Broadway, off Broadway, whatever. So it's awesome. Uh, And so this year, I was me and my sister both did it. Uh, We were able to win four shows, which is super exciting. Um, We didn't win uh, all of these shows, but we then traded for these shows. So we ended up at at the end of the day with Jaja's African hair braiding, Shucked, um, Perfect Crime, which happens to be like apparently the longest running off Broadway show, but it's. I've heard it's absolutely terrible, so very weird. Um, And the play that goes wrong. So we ended up with those four shows, which is very exciting. We can't even make some of them, but it's fine. And um, because they obviously, they give you like certain performances and whatever. Um, But we ended up winning like Kimberly Akimbo and Aladdin. And so like, then we were like trading and helping people because they wanted to see that show. And I was just like, yeah, go for it. Like, if you want to see that show, see the show. I'll see it eventually, hopefully. and so it, it was very fun. It was very, very fun. And I love that. So that was number three. Sweeney Todd was four. And then five was the United Scenic Artists, who I feel like was a brand new booth. And they were doing very, very cool stuff where it was literally like 
doing designs, like drawings of like sets and costumes and all these things. I've never seen anything like it. And the fact that they were auctioning off, I thought it was very, very cool. So all the stage managers, like the the pe- people who are in college going for stage managing or whatever, it was awesome to, to kind of see them geek out over their people, you know, and, and get their signature because they signed their designs or whatever it was. It, it was really cute. And it was a cool uh, little booth. And um, so it, that was great to see. So so out of the shows, the top two were Hadestown and Sweeney Todd. Um, honestly, a little bit of a shock for me. I really thought um, I didn't see Shucked have a booth, which I thought was interesting. But I really thought... Um, you know, like a booth like Angeliet with those hardcore fans or even a booth like Kimberly Akimbo. Like, I know they have some hardcore fans. I thought they were going to be up there more. Um, but Hadestown and Sweeney, they really brought their A-game with these donations and, and people were digging it. So shout out to them and shout out to all of the shows and the whole uh, community for coming out donating. And um, shout out to all of you for, you know, using those donations as a tax deductible. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And I will say this year, I actually, it was the first time I like watched the grand auction, um, which I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a guy that likes to walk around and see what's going on. But also I've like helped like sell things and like volunteer and, uh, you know, work at boost or whatever. So I've never really like enjoyed it the way I, that I did this year. And I think that that had a big reason as to like why I'm feeling the way I feel about it. But, um, it was fun to watch the grand auction this year and Todd Bonapani, who's a friend of mine was like co-hosting the auction. So it was always fun to see him talk and, um, kind of be like, an auctioneer it was super cute um so but it was really great it was really great and i saw this crazy um the highest like bid of of the day of the whole of the whole event um and it was a linman well like collection thing where it was like a signed linman cd poster of hamilton and then like he hand wrote like the musical, like the sheet music of one of the songs. I think it was Wait For It, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Or it could have been my shot. And it was like the music bars and then um, like a staff and then the notes and then his signature and in the lyrics. Um, so it was just really cool. I actually posted it on my Instagram for anyone that wants to see it and ended up going for like $13,000 that those three things, it was crazy. And I was like, the video, it's so funny. Cause like you like, I was standing right in front of the guy that was like going back and forth on the bids. And every time he would raise his hand, it would like block off my video. So you could totally know who who did it. And it was, uh, it was very cool to see and witness. It was everyone's reaction was like, (gasps) every time he like would continue to go, it was, it was very impressive. So, um, yeah, it was great to see. And the grand auction itself almost raised half a million dollars alone. So uh, shout out to like Glenn Manuel and, and Michael Crawford and like all of those legends who like donated their, their personal belongings and like their treasures so that they could share it with the community and fans of the, of Broadway. Um, it's really great to see. They did exactly $493,500. So that's just $6,500 short 
of half a million dollars, $500,000. So very impressive stuff. All right. So um, I'm going to start talking about the fleet because I literally talk about it for the whole episode. And I'm going to turn it over to our fabulous uh, interviews. We talked to two people uh, that I'm going to feature, very short interviews. And um, it's about flea finds and, and Broadway. And here they are. Thanks for thanks for participating, y'all. So many reasons, um, but this this poster is even better. Um, okay, great. You just um, let me know. I'm I'm ready whenever. Okay, first of all, first of all, I need your name. My and name like is your Bex. Instagram. Okay, my name is Bex. My Instagram is Rebecca Marler. Okay. Okay. And what about the TikToks? So that also Rebecca like, Marler. Great. Yeah. I'll tag you and all the Thank things. Thank you. Yes, of course. Um, so we're at the Broadway Fairs Flea Market. Okay, and we're making donations to Broadway. We are. Fairs. We sure are. That's the most important. But we also got some goodies. We sure did. What is this? This. I just paid oh 20, 20 big ones for this. Out? Oh my god. Okay, and I consulted my roommate, and we're going to put this up in our living room. <laughs> you got this. Wait, do you need help? Oh. No, it's upside down. Oh my god, not on the floor. Not on the floor. We're not doing that. It's a giant Audrey McDonald, and it's going in the living Behind room. Behind the couch. Behind the couch, everybody. And I'm obsessed. From Ohio State Murders. Yes. This has to be the the buy of the day. It truly is. It Twenty dollars, folks. We've been browsing. I came across this bad boy, and I had to have her. Yes, absolutely. And they're getting um, assigned Audrey McDonald playbills, y'all. This is crazy. I'm obsessed with her. We love the Broadway Cares Equity. If I say flea market. Happy Broadway Cares Day. Yes. Merry Christmas, theater kids. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so Yay. much. Um, so we're here with my new bestie, Lexi. Um, hey. Um, talk to me about this jacket we have going on. You're all theater. Well, I got this jacket two years ago at Broadway Con. Very exciting. All her favorite. Do you have a favorite musical? Well... Obviously, one that is obviously right now is Kimberly Akimbo. Yeah, love. Obviously. 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 Repping the and shirt. Obviously. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah. Did you get anything fun here at the Broadway flea market? Oh gosh, let me tell you, I got a lot of things. I got a score rock water bottle. I got a Matilda sweatshirt. Uh, your Hanson jacket and the original Annie playbill from 1997. Very cool. Yeah, you heard me, 1997. Is and, that your favorite one? Yeah, and then a bunch of other like pins, and I got like the the like the about me stuff from Kimberly Akimbo. Oh, I got wow. that. So yeah, I just been trying to get like all like the freebies, and also I've been also I've been volunteering with Broadway Makers Marketplace, and oh, I yeah, and this morning I helped out with Broadway Cares. So well, well thank you for doing that, and thank oh, you for volunteering. That's very of course. amazing. Um, and, and did you say that your favorite buy of the day was the Annie Playbill? Maybe. I'm not sure. Not I sure. also got an Annie poster from the tour. Oh, wow. From Very one exciting. of the tours out of, from out of many. Wow. 
That's awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of the flea. I love the jacket, love the, the haul, and uh, yeah, thank you for doing this. Thanks for interviewing me, Eli. Yeah, of course. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks. This is so sweet. I love it. It's great. I love the pins and everything. Yeah, like, I've been a fan of you for a while. It's like, they like, finally, like, meet you. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. All right. Take a bow, Lexi and Bex. Um, what a what a fun group of people, you know, that we see at the Broadway flea market. It's always so cool to see uh, the different, you know, favorites of of the of the Broadway community of of the fan clubs and all the things. So thank you so much again for uh, you know taking the time to chat with me while you were also like rushing to not like have your favorite thing be bought by someone else. <laughs> um, so yeah, then the, now I'm going to take it back to the Broadway news. Um, I'm going to close it off and then I'm going to actually, well, I'll close it off with like my review, but I'm going to close it off with uh, the rest of the Broadway news I want to talk about. So Six is having a sing-along performance, which is so brilliant. I don't know why more shows aren't doing this. The sing-along performances of a Broadway shows, I feel like would be an absolute hit. Don't You can't tell me that you're listening to me this right now and telling me that you're not going to Hamilton singing these songs in your head or you're not going to Six or Anne Juliet or whatever show you're going to, like you're trying to see or whatever show you're seeing for the 15th time you are singing those songs and you're tapping your leg, you're tapping your foot, whatever you're doing, you're singing along with the performers. Now y'all get to do it like out loud and you're allowed to do it. It's not like you're trying to hide it, right? And sing it in your head or hum it quietly so that no one can hear you. Y'all get to like belt like you're in the shower. Like Broadway needs this. This is so smart. We're all doing it anyways. Let us jam out with our favorite queens, you know, six queens um, on, on, on a Broadway stage and, and let us sing the songs. I feel like Anne Juliet should be doing this. I feel like Sweeney Todd should be doing this. The ones with the popular scores should absolutely be doing this. It's a great way to get people that already have seen the show it's a great way to bring them back so that you can kind of feel like you're performing with these with these stars with your favorite uh performers um i think it's a great 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 uh marketing tool and i hope that more people do it even like the neil diamond musical like these these pop kind of you know the Angeliettes, the neil diamond the the jukebox musicals of like people know these songs like let them sing along you let them sing along to sweet caroline but what about all the other ones that they know so um i love this idea so much shout out to six for for making that happen and and just you know driving you know more people into your theater and more traction on your show and bringing people back and keeping them engaged. Um, I think it's brilliant. So I uh, hope to see more of this on Broadway. I don't know. So the next piece of Broadway news I want to talk about is a bit of a shocker for me. Um, you all know, if you're listening to me, if you've been listening to me since the Tony Award season, you all know that I love me some, some like it hot. And Unfortunately, this week, it announced that it was closing on December 30th. Again, 
I just, I am shocked. I am so sad. I wonder, I don't want to put this on them, but I wonder how much Jay's, Jay Harrison Gee, uh, I wonder how much their industry, uh, their industry, oh my God, their injury played a factor in the ticket sales. Obviously, it was their big Tony Award winning performer. Jay Harrison G's the first time like it hot. I think that was like the biggest award that they won. So not having that in a show, I wonder how that impacted sales leading to uh, a, a closing. Um, but you know, unfortunate things happen and things happen for a reason. And um, you know, I think that you know me, you have two months to see the show that is the definition of Broadway right now. Um, Simply put, if you want Broadway, see Some Like It Hot. Um, before literally any other musical on Broadway right now, I think it's that brilliant. And Casey Nicola is the is capturing Broadway greatness in, in, in this show. So I'm a big Some Like It Hot fan. I will say it just proves like the weight that the Tony Awards has on a show's success. Um, Kimberly Akimbo is a wonderful show, but it definitely helps having, you know, best musical of the season from the Tony Awards or whatever that, that they, they're advertising it as, you know. And it's just a great marketing strategy and that the people, the tourists um, can be like, oh, well, let's go see the best one on Broadway right now. And right now that's Kimberly Akimbo according to the Tony Awards. So um, it goes to show how, how detrimental that can be um, to a show's success. So um, heartbreaking to see because I really do feel like Some Like It Hot was one of the stronger shows of the season. And, um, you know, it's obviously the first one that didn't get, uh, that was nominated, but didn't get the award, um, to close, to announce closing. Cause Angeliet shucked, uh, obviously Akimbo, they're all still going. So, uh, interesting to see, um, you know. What comes of it? I'm shocked that some like it hot is still is closing and beautiful noise from our um, knowledge uh, is still going, which is great because I love beautiful noise too. So I hope it continues. Um, but for a show that didn't even get nominated for a Tony Award, it's like hmm, it, it's interesting to see you know what the audiences continue to. Um, to see. And again, it could be a better, easier sell to the tourists too, because, you know, Neil Diamond, you know, everyone knows who that is and Sweet Caroline and everything. So um, I don't know. Very interesting. And speaking of A Beautiful Noise, I'll actually mention that Will Swenson is going to be playing his final performance as Neil Diamond in Beautiful Noise on Sunday, October 29th. Um, so y'all have three weeks to go see, uh, the wonderful, um, the wonderful Will Swenson in as Neil Diamond on Broadway. And let me tell you something. So at the flea market, I saw Will Swenson, right? And so I took the liberty to walk up to him and just be like, Hey, we did a podcast together many moons ago. Um, it was digital over zoom. I just want to introduce myself in person, blah, blah, blah. 
And so we got to talking and I was just like, okay, so like I saw the announcement and this is like, I'm not trying to like get any information out of you. I'm like genuinely curious, like I'm a big fan of yours and I look forward to seeing you are uh, always performing. Um, so I was just wondering, you know, you have anything lined up or what? And I hate this question as an actor. So I hate that I even asked him that, but he was such a professional and he just said, no, I'm taking this time to sit on my couch, be with my family and play with my girls. And I was just like, you are the ultimate professional, sir. And I thank you for everything that you you do on Broadway and your performances. You give it your 100% every night that you're on a stage. So it's just absolutely remarkable and ad- admirable uh, what you do. Admirable. Admirable. Oh, my God. So yeah, I mean, we we had a, a nice little a nice little chat, and you know, I wouldn't expect a, an announcement like you know some performers may say that because they have they it's they sign NDAs or whatever it is, but I really don't think we'll be expecting an announcement for Will Swenson here soon. Um, in the sense, that I do think he's going to take some time, and, and maybe I think the next thing for Will is maybe he goes back into Griswold's Broadway vacation. Uh, We talked to Ken Davenport, the producer of A Beautiful Noise, um, earlier this year, maybe last year. Um, And he talked to us about how, you know, he was literally casted for Clark Griswold in Griswold's Broadway vacation. And then he like started doing a Neil Diamond impression and that's how he got this role. So um, who knows? Maybe he hops back into that show. I don't know. Um, But, you know, I just applaud Will for another great performance. I mean, he's been doing this role of Neil Diamond for the past four or five years, I want to say. And he's put in a lot of time to this show, a lot of energy. So the fact that he gets to to go out on, on a good note um, is just thrilling. And I, I do think um, they, they haven't announced like a, a replacement or anything yet, but I do think his alternate Nick Ferdini will um, take over kind of maybe um, all eight shows a week right now they're kind of splitting right now um kind of doing four and four i believe maybe it's a six and two moment but uh will is not doing all eight shows right now and um nick is i've heard wonderful i've heard nothing but great things he's american idol um all the things so um wouldn't be surprised if he kind of just takes over long term and, and kind of doing it every show. Um, and then they kind of find a replacement to stand by for him, really. Um, so I don't know, we'll see, it'll be a very uh, interesting announcement. Again, like I said, you know, Beautiful Noise is not one of those shows that's like, selling out every night. So are they going to stunt cast it? I don't know. Or are they just going to keep it, you know, kind of how it's going and uh it'll be interesting to see so definitely something to keep our eye on uh and then uh last bit of news before i give a gutenberg review um betty boop musical 
I can't believe this is happening. Y'all, these musicals nowadays are wild. Um, Betty Boop musical uh, is going to star Jasmine Amy Rogers as Betty Boop. And joining the Boop cast, Boop the musical cast, I guess we can call it, is Faith Prince, Eric Bergen, and Anastasia McCleskey. What a cast! I mean, that is just bonkers. And it's directed by Jerry Mitchell, and this is just going to be a show to see. Like, honestly, like, Betty Boop the musical, you can't tell me that doesn't pique your interest. Like, how are they going to do that? What are they going to do with that? This cast, Faith Prince, say less. You know, like, what what are we doing? And I I don't know. I just think it's going to be gonna be pretty interesting and one to see i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know if it's even something that like i'm like excited about in the sense of like oh my god i think i'm gonna love it i'm saying it in like a sense of like it should pique everyone's like interest everyone should be curious about this musical um so um you know we love just another bit of news that I thought I'd mention on on the show. Um, all right, so that's all the news I have for you folks this week. I've talked way too long, and um, I'm going to talk about Gutenberg now. Gutenberg. So Gutenberg, I absolutely loved Gutenberg when I, I literally just came home from it. Um, and so that's kind of why I'm also recording late, because I wanted to talk about Gutenberg as well. So um, absolutely love the show. It is hilarious. It is everything that you think it's going to be. You know, you have Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds in a Broadway show together. It's going to be slapstick comedy. It's just going to make you laugh for two hours straight. And that's exactly what it does. It's a, it's, the comedy is not quite the play that goes wrong, but it is at the same time. Like, it's just like a thoughtless, funny, that you kind of just have to just like sit and laugh and your cheeks hurt from smiling the whole time. But then it, it, it does get like, okay, okay, I see where we're going with this. Is this going to be that for two hours? And it is. And sometimes it's like, oh boy, are they overdoing it? And sometimes they're like, oh my God, this is brilliant. So I I personally am, am in the party of like, oh, this is brilliant and this is hilarious. The way that they do this, right? It's a two-man show, and without giving too much of the story away, right? Because it is kind of history, but it's not at the same time. So um, Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds, similarly to Merrily We Roll Along, are composers and writers of a show. Like uh, They're trying to write a musical, and they write a musical about Johann Gutenberg. And these two are just on a stage, just the two of them, it's a two-man show, and they're doing a musical and presenting it to the audience as if we are the invest, like potential investors. And they are doing, the two of them are doing a full-fledged musical of like a cast of like 30 people, and they're being all of them. It is absolutely hilarious. The way that they do it, the way that they legit stay like become 40 different people in a matter of two minutes the way that they do that without changing costumes or anything is so 
brilliant, so funny. It does not get old. The way that the set is designed so that you literally feel like there are 40 people on that stage when it's just the two of them, but yet they make you envision it and 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 make you feel like you're watching like a full-on Broadway musical. Like it is pretty pretty incredible and brilliant the way that this is being done right now. I don't feel like many people could pull this off, but obviously the two of them, like I turned, so I went with a friend of mine, Mitchell Sink, who we'll have on the podcast here very soon. And I looked at him and I was just like, Mitchell, I could not imagine being an understudy in the show. Like it's one of those shows, first of all, where it's like Andrew Reynolds, Josh Gad. First of all, you have to follow them and follow their brilliantness. Second of all, they don't leave the stage. They literally have their water bottles on the stage and are literally talking to us drinking water because they have no other time to drink water. It is, uh, like, I don't know how they're doing it eight times a week. I, I simply, it's it's blowing my mind. It is one that you do not want to miss. It opens officially October 12th. So right now they're technically still in previews. So I am curious to see if they will change anything, but I really don't think they will. I also think that every night is a completely different show because like, it's just the two of them. They've, they're definitely improving some of that stuff. They were breaking on stage. People in the audience were shouting things out. So like, obviously that's not going to happen every night. And if it does, it's going to be something different and in a, diff- in a different way. And they're going to have a different reaction. And so like, I feel like it's one of those shows that you could go see again and again. It's one that you don't want to miss. These two geniuses um, on stage together reunited. And the fun thing is too, is that they have this part at the end where they bring on like celebrities and, and they bring in friends to, you know, kind of wrap up the show. It was brilliant. For my night, not every night it happens. I believe it was one of the understudies, but I can't tell because in the playbill, the headshots are their baby pictures, which is so funny and so great. And I love that for so many reasons, but I couldn't tell who like our like person who ended the show was. Um, But they have in the past had like Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Cynthia Erivo and Annalie Ashford and all of these amazing people. So, um... It, you never know who who may pop up. Nikki M. James. Uh, you never know who may pop up at Gutenberg, and hopefully you get lucked out, and it's like your favorite person in the whole wide world, and you see it on an incredible night, and you have the best time in the world because I really think it's a musical that is literally like revolutionary for our, our, our the future of musical theater. It's something so new, so original. And I I just want to see more of that. Like, that's the stuff I crave. And it's literally artistic genius. Like, the way that it's done, Alex Timbers, the way he directed it, it was so brilliant. The set design was brilliant. The the performances, I mean, I could go on and on and on. So um, everyone, go see Gutenberg. Go see Merrily We Roll Along, too. They were both so good. Merrily We Roll Along is going to make you cry a little bit, maybe. It's a little bit more... It's a little bit more real and and craziness. But if you want a night out and, like, you want a night of laughter and just, like, mindless thinking, 
Gutenberg is is the musical for you right now on Broadway. It really is. There's no other musical like it on Broadway. I mean, Shucked is kind of is kind of similar, but um, I would say the musical and the music in Shucked is better too. Um, but I I just think like it's hard to miss these two, and I, I don't know. I I think that you just it, it's one that you you just can't miss. It's it's so good. It's so funny. Um, so everyone check out Gutenberg. Everyone go everyone go check out every show on Broadway. You know, just 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 do your favorite musical theater solves all your problems. Um. <laughs> temporarily i guess for for two hours it does um and then you go back outside to the streets of new york and reality sets back in anyways so um that's all i have for you folks this week it was a long episode i had so much to talk about and i really wanted to get through all of it because i've had such a great week i've also had a great week full of um press opportunities and um you know, we so we did some things with the Garden of Annuncia cast at the Lincoln Center. That content will be out very soon. I got to chat with old uh, Pippin castmate uh, Priscilla Lopez, and I got to talk to some Take a Bow family members and uh, Andrea Burns and um, Tally Sessions, and I got to meet Eden Espinosa, and it was just a great. It was a great great weekend and there was a lot happening so uh sharing that all with you soon but i wanted to make sure that i i got to talk to you about the week and about the shows i saw and about the flea market and all the things and also feature some of you which i haven't done on this podcast before so uh i thought this was a perfect opportunity to do so so uh as always thank you so much for listening to this week's episode i hope that you enjoy my ranting of of broadway and what's going on um i apologize for all of the rants and uh all the things but uh you know i always have a blast coming on here and it's like broadway therapy for me so uh thanks for listening and uh we'll have a more um i don't know like we'll have like a regular episode there it is a regular episode uh next week and uh with a performer um and i'm very excited for it we we will definitely make it happen next week is not as crazy as this week uh with exams and everything this week it was just it was there was no no opportunity so um shout out to y'all for listening and hopefully like when we do these like recaps again we'll we'll get like another person on to just have a little bit of banter and those people will be like previous guests um so y'all know will know who it is and i won't have to ask them about their career because y'all already heard it um and we can just kind of talk broadway um all right so that's all i have for you folks this week come back next week for another great episode and until then i hope you all have a wonderful week and uh yeah so bye everyone (laughs) have a great week For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner?
And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.